0: Chapter 27 Cole needed no second invitation into the cabin. Fumbling with the zipper, he crawled from the tent and sprinted through the cold rain. When he opened the cabin door and let himself inside, Garvey greeted him with a wink. Peter was seated on the bed and eyed Cole with distrust. Thanks, Peter, Cole said. After drying off and putting on new clothes, he heated water for hot chocolate. Anybody else want something hot? He asked. Garvey shook his head. How about you, Peter? Cole offered. Peter shrugged. When the water came to a boil, Cole made up two cups of hot chocolate and handed one to Peter, who took it hesitantly. Why haven't we seen the spirit bear yet? Peter said. Cole sat down at the table. We will. He blew at his steaming drink. I don't think there really is a spirit bear, Peter challenged. I didn't think so either when I first came here, Cole said. Even after I saw it, I thought I had just imagined it. He pulled up his sleeve to show the long scars from the mauling, but this wasn't my imagination. That could have been from any bear, Peter asked. Garvey stood and stretched. I'm hitting the sack. He pointed over by the door. Cole, you sleep there and Peter, you sleep in the bed. He handed Cole a rolled up piece of foam. Here beats a hard floor. Use one of my blankets tonight. Tomorrow will dry out your sleeping bag. Thanks, said Cole. Garvey stretched out his own foam pad and positioned himself between Cole and Peter. Whoever stokes the fire during the night gets an extra pancake in the morning, he said. I'll do it, Cole said. He didn't mind if he had to stoke the fire for the next month. It felt so good just to be warm and dry again. As Garvey blew out the lantern, Cole pulled the blanket over himself and lay back on the foam mattress. This sure beat a leaky tent. He glanced over into the dark toward Peter. Thanks for letting me sleep inside, he said. It doesn't mean we're friends, Peter grunted. In the days that followed, Whenever Garvey left the cabin or walked to the stream alone, Peter took the opportunity to get back at Cole in some way. Twice, he walked in his muddy boots across Cole's sleeping bag. Every time he passed by the hooks where they hung jackets to dry, he knocked Cole's jacket to the floor. At night, when he went out to go to the bathroom, he left the door standing wide open. Returning, he did the same. Cole slept the closest to the icy air and had to get up to close the door to keep from freezing door to keep from freezing. The final final straw came when Cole returned from a walk alone around the bay. Around the bay Cole returned from a walk walk alone around the bay. Cole returned from a walk from a walk from a walk walk alone around alone around the bay. Round around the bay. Why did you wreck my bear carving? He tried to keep his voice calm. Peter shrugged. You never really saw a spirit bear. Besides, what are you gonna do to me? beat me up again no I'm not gonna beat you up but can't you leave me alone I suppose you've never done anything to me Peter said bluntly Garvey listened quietly Cole had a sudden idea I know where there's another big log around the point that would make a good totem if you want we could drag it here for you to make your own totem why would I want to do that when you carve It gives you time to think. I don't need to think. I need you out of my face. And besides, what would I carve? Peter asked. Anything you want. If you see a whale, carve a whale. If you see a spirit bear, you can carve a bear. I've learned every animal I've carved. There is no spirit bear. Peter challenged again. It was just a regular black bear that hurt you. Probably an ugly one. Cole ignored the comment. I'll help you drag in the carving log if you want. Peter shrugged indifferently, but after lunch he followed Cole and Garvey down the shore to see the log. Cole carried a rope. With the three of them working, they floated the log back along the shoreline. By dark, they had maneuvered it up beside the cabin next to Cole's totem. So, what should I carve first? Asked Peter. Whatever you want. What was the last animal you saw? Asked Cole. I saw a mouse in the cabin this morning. Cole smiled. Well, then tonight we'll dance the mouse dance, and tomorrow you can carve a mouse. I'm not going to dance a dumb mouse dance, Peter said, his voice thick with sarcasm. Every animal has something to teach us, Cole said. When Peter didn't answer, Cole motioned toward the trees. Let's collect firewood for the dance. You collect wood, Peter said, heading for the cabin. It was your idea. I'll help you, Garvey said. Cole nodded. I'll start the fire now so we have good coals for cooking supper. Peter disappeared inside the cabin, refusing to come out until supper was ready then he sat out away from the fire as he sipped soup and ate one of the baked potatoes that Cole had wrapped in aluminum foil and cooked in the embers. After eating, Cole added more wood to the fire. He waited until flames licked high into the night air, then stood and approached the fire. I'll dance first, he announced. Slowly he moved around the fire, pretending to sniff about like a mouse. Suddenly he scampered away from the fire as if frightened, then back again, sniffing. Finally, he pretended to eat a full meal. When he finished, he sat down. My mouse dance taught me that a mouse is persistent and bold. He said, mice are survivors that make the best of wherever they are or whatever they have. Garvey nodded. That's a good lesson. Now it's my turn. He stood and moved around the fire. Garvey's dance seemed to mesmerize Pierre, who watched closely following every movement. After Garvey finally sat down and finished explaining that mice are often not noticed and see things others don't, Peter stood and began dancing. His moves were jerky and unsure, and he kept glancing self-consciously over his shoulder, but he continued to move. When he finished, he remained standing beside the fire without speaking. So, what did you learn from your dance? Asked Garvey. I learned that I look like a stupid dork. Peter said sharply. He turned and ran into the cabin. Cole and Garvey remained by the fire. He's never going to forgive me, Cole said. Garvey shrugged. Think how much your arm and hip still hurt. Wounds of the spirit heal even slower. Cole thought about Garvey's words long after they went to bed. The next morning he went out and began carving a mouse into his log instead of going to the pond. He didn't have the heart to carve another bear where Peter had destroyed the first one. The bear carving had taken nearly a week to finish. Reluctantly, Peter came out and began carving at his own log. By late afternoon, both boys had carved mice into their logs. Cole couldn't believe how real Peter's carving looked. That's unbelievable, he said. Where did you learn to carve? I think my mouse looks better than yours, said Peter. It does, said Cole, but carving a totem isn't competition. Saying your carving is better is like saying your feelings are better." Peter smirked. Mine are, he turned to Cole. Did you really see a spirit bear? Cole nodded and told how he had pulled a handful of white hair from the bear that mauled him and then thrown it away. The only reason I always had to prove things was because I knew I was a liar, he said. I threw the white hair away because I decided I was tired of lying. Peter studied Cole as they went to the cabin for lunch. He sat quietly through the whole meal. After lunch, he returned to his log to keep carving. I wanna be by myself, he told Cole. Cole and Garvey looked at each other but agreed to take a long hike outside the bay to look for whales. It was nearly dark by the time they returned. Hiking back around the bay in the gathering dusk, Cole could see Peter still carving, but not on his own log. That jerk, Cole said, he's messing with my totem again. Hey, he screamed, breaking into a run. What are you doing? Peter stepped back from the log as Cole came running up. Cole stared down, dumbfounded. In the same spot where the bear carving had been destroyed, Peter had almost completed another bear. The new carving was so real, the bear looked as if it were stepping out of the log. That's incredible, Cole exclaimed. Hope you didn't mind, Peter said. Could you teach me how to carve like that, Cole asked. Peter shrugged. Depends on if you want to learn. He turned away and headed into the cabin.